to Healthcare Boulevard. I am your host, Sena Kakomo, back on the mic. Today is just me, no no guest today. I'm going to do this, the second part of just giving you info on the profession, in which case this is a physician assistant, referred to as PA from now on for the most part. But uh, first of all, thank you all who've downloaded this, who've watched this, who've liked this, who've started following me on the different mediums, whether that's YouTube or um, one of the podcast mediums. I've even noticed some folks are listening from France. So bonjour. <laughs> um, merci de nous joindre. Um, and uh, I, I truly appreciate y'all and for sharing. You know, because I really do want to get this out to the ears that need it and of the folks who need it. And that is the best way that we can make, we, you know, we can, I can get the job done here, which I've given myself the job description of shining some light on every healthcare professional out there. And I will miss some stuff as I progress, but as I progress and get through the list, I will make sure um, I don't miss anything and I am more than open to any suggestions any collaborations and thus far that being said if it wasn't clear already i know last time we spoke i i mentioned that i was going to i was on working on getting on podcast space instead of just being on youtube and i've done that i'm now using um i'm on now on all podcast mediums from google to apple spotify and so forth the only three that I haven't, um, that you can find me on is iHeart, I mean, iHeart Radio, Pandora, and uh, Amazon. But those, I've done my part, those are just taking longer for approval and things like that. So when those are done, hopefully by the time I'm back on the mic with you, I can say that we are, you can find me anywhere. But for now, you still do have a lot of options, and I appreciate the share, the like, the comments, um, and the support. Okay, so, you know, by now we are, we are on the PA Avenue, right? <laughs> That's, we're on the PA corner of, of this boulevard. And last time we spoke about, we talked, we spoke on the history of PAs, how the profession was born, um, briefly talked about what PAs do, what, who they are, and, and uh, how to become a PA. And so, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into a less technical stuff. So, let's say then you've be, you know, you've gone through that process and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm a PA. Um, or even before that, to be honest, these are all things to consider before you even make the decision, do I want to become a PA? Do I want to become a nurse of any kind? Because when I say nurse, that can be anything from LPN to RN to um, NP. So and so forth, and I will once we get to the nurse street, I will get into that. <laughs> um, oh, do I want to become a PT or a pharmacist and so forth? So these some of the things I'll discuss today um, include life balance. So oh, life balance, life balance. So one of the things that's been like the the shining star, I guess, about PAs is that is there's been this this the talk on the street <laughs> that PAs have a more balanced lifestyle than uh, MDs. Uh, usually, a lot of things are co- 
compared to MDs, especially when you think when you're talking about advanced practitioners. And if you haven't heard that term before, or if you're not familiar with what that term is, advanced advanced practitioner is a term used to describe PAs and NPs, um, and even OT. OT is occupational therapy. Um, and I'll, I'm not sure about pharmacy, but I do know NP and PA are two definitely that are in that category. So they are not at the highest, like they're not MDs or, or doctors or have a PhD in the field or on the in the profession, but they are also not mid-level either. So advanced practitioner, you might find that term in the you know, in the bees, <laughs> you know, in the in the bees, you might heard somebody say, oh, I'm an advanced practitioner or um, things like that. Even as I look for a job posting and things like that, some will just say looking for advanced practitioner instead of NP slash PA. And so that's a term that, you know, you can use or, or recognize if you're searching or on your route to what to do in healthcare and so forth. So, um... So as talking about work life work life balance, it is true that PAs generally can have more work by life balance than MDs, but honestly, it really depends on what you're doing as a PA. And what do I mean by that? Um, we talk about the the different we talked about the definition of PA last time. So that remembering that you know that up until now and to this day a lot of PAs work collaboratively with MDs right there are some states like Utah just passed a bill or law whatever you might call it um not too not too technical with the political words that essentially give more autonomy to PAs the technical the technicalities of that bill or, or what have you is now the point of this discussion and uh, Kali just recently, well, not so recently, but had passed the um, OTP. Um, and so it's, it's different states are different level of autonomy that they give to PAs and NPs, which again are both advanced practitioners. And so what, what your life balance is like as a PA really truly depends on what, what field you work in. We have PAs in e, uh, ER, right? We have PAs in uh, surgery. We have PAs in um, cardiothoracic. We have PAs in orthopedic. We have PAs in um, neuro. You know, one of the positions I'm actually looking at right now is a neuro position. Um, we have PAs in OBGYN, which actually is one of my favorite fields as well up there. Um, PAs in pediatrics. So this all gives you a hint that, okay, as a PA, you really truly can work in any health setting and since oftentimes you're either working side by side and by side by side I don't mean the MD has to be there but I do mean you're working with an MD in terms of it's likely they own the practice if it's a clinic if it's a clinic or if you're in a hospital you're collaborating with them right so your hours are, really depends on what the hospital needs or what the clinic needs right so for example um one of the positions i'm looking at is an is a neuro pa right so i went there and talked to them recently and just spent a few hours looking at how things work and so forth and 
there that day i didn't see the pa i mean the uh, sorry the md at all because he owns he owns multiple locations uh he's, he owns clinic in different locations and he doesn't need to be in the building for a pa or np to work there so i only talked to the i spoke with the nps and followed them around with sort of the gist of it the emo and things like that um but the the point is your collaborating is with the md so your hours the hours you work and the life balance you have truly depends on what the position is but again on average generally speaking peers tend to have a better work life balance than mds and also in general if you are in a clinic setting you are more or in a smaller practice you're more likely to have a high a better work life balance than if you're in a hospital or a big uh, medical group excuse me one of the um last no if not one of the the last roti clinical rotation i had before i graduated wasn't for an orthopedic surgical group and here i worked they had a M they had mds and they had pas so the md here i actually i got to talk to him very nice group of folks and he was saying he really truly wanted to work in a clinic versus a hospital because he wanted the autonomy which he had he wanted the steady hours which he had and the it's more for him it's more stable and it gives him more work life balance now does it mean that he has more he has he's more the what's the word that he's busier than the pa necessarily not necessarily the pa has different hours than he does just because of different needs so i think i've gone down way too deep into this <laughs> um but you choose for yourself you really you, as a pa and much like any profession or any healthcare professional you really make it what you what you want to make it i have i've heard of peers who only work three days a week and they are making enough to sustain them for what they need i've heard of peers who are working five days a week and they that's what they want um, and so it really depends on what path you want. And oftentimes, a lot of, maybe not a lot, but yeah, a good amount of peers usually not what you end, what you end up doing first time after graduation is not necessarily where you're going to end up like 10 years or five years down the road. Um, and so just keep that in mind. Anyways, so I feel like I went way too deep into that. I think I did. <laughs> um, but the other thing is salary, and that's that's pretty decently straightforward. <laughs> um, there are a few things I use. So I oftentimes go to um, uh, bls.gov for to get statistics about any profession. Like I was introduced to this way back in community college when I was lost in my career and didn't quite know what to do after rejections from nursing school. And my mentor at the time at the time suggested I use this this to sort of get a gaze of the new professions that I'm looking at and researching and considering getting into. So I use this and I've recommended this to a few folks who unfortunately ended up being in my position where they were really having to make a life decision as to what profession to choose and knowing the amount of money you'll be making decently or about after the profession it's not the biggest thing but it definitely does play a role right because 
you are being presented with how much it'll take your education will cost you, how long your education will cost you, how much stress your education will cost you. It's only fair that you know the reward, or at least the monetary reward. This is a monetary reward, um, the extrinsic reward of said profession. Um, and so on BLS.gov, if you look up physician assistant, you see, so they give, I love the quick facts because I tell you the annual medium pay. So hourly is $53. Um, yearly is one, I mean, $112,000. $112,000, yeah. <laughs> I haven't read numbers out loud for a while. <laughs> I used to just look at them and know what they mean. I haven't read numbers out loud in a while. So <laughs> forgive me if I'm like, is that how you read that? Um, so it's 112260 is what they have here as a median. That, again, for those of us who haven't been done, like, basic math in a while, median is just, it's the middle, right? It's like, there will be some numbers that are lower than that, some that will be higher than that. And keep in mind, that, of course, depends on where you're working, what specialty you're working in, what state you're working in, because... They, oftentimes that follows the price of living and so forth. Um, of course, it's a master's degree level. They tell you how this is actually very good. If you haven't heard of BLS.gov or if you haven't used it and you are in a setting where you are considering career of any type, not even healthcare, I'm deviating, but this have truly helped me throughout the years, especially at that stage in my life or in my career path or what have you. Um, it gives you job outlook, which is actually a, a nice thing that gives you, okay, what are the chances that I will get a job after I graduate and did everything I'm, I've, I'm being asked to do, right? Um, and in parentheses, it usually tells you, is it lower than average? Is it faster than average? This one says it's much faster than average. So you bet I saw that and I was like, okay, that means I is the high chance I'll get a job. And because my African self was like, look at here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this for a lot of reasons, but I will hate to have put in all the sweat and having to live back in my parents' basement, okay? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just going to put it plainly like that, okay? Um, but you do have other options for, um, for looking at salaries and things like that. So, for example, Zip Recruiter has a range of 82000 to one hundred and forty thousand. Um, indeed, has a ninety-nine thousand to two hundred and forty thousand, which is a very wide gap. I don't even know, but this is for California, which I totally understand because Cali can be like from either if if you're talking about the suburb, I mean not suburb, like the rural areas versus the ooh so fancy LA's and Beverly Hills. So just like any other state, right? So it just really depends, but. The point is, if you do look at place, uh, resources like Indeed allows you to look at things for your state. Um, salary.com is another one that allows you to look at the income of whatever position it is. In this case, of course, we're looking at PAs by state. So you're not just looking at the national numbers, but you're looking at something that's more relatable to you. Because if you live in Utah, you want to know what the payment is for Utah. If you live in Arkansas, you want to know what that is. So it really depends. And so I like those resources because they are more specific to you. 
Um, so if you're having, if you're doing this for any profession, honestly, I would say start with bls.gov and dial it down from there, from to the states. Okay, so I'm 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 getting to the point where I want to be. Well, not not yet, but we are looking now at the outlook. So why become a PA, right? Um, as a fellow PA myself, this is a very non-subjective answer. But no. <laughs> I, I want to make it clear, I am here for all the professions. I, for in another world, I would have been a nurse and I would have been, I'm pretty sure, very happy with it. Um, in another world, I would have been an MD and pretty sure, very happy with it, or pharmacist, uh, or occupational therapist. Those are all positions I consider and some I even pursued before settling with PA. So, um, where was I going with it? So, recently, <laughs> Recently, physician assistant PA was um, named the number one jobs, right? So, not number one healthcare job. It was also, I think, number one job, uh, healthcare job. But it was named number one job. And you bet you every PA social media, every PA or PA organization was like blasting this on social media. As we should. We should be proud of our profession. And I, for one, sure am. Um, and I will share the link to this. I will share the link to uh, an article that sort of gives you an idea of how they come up with this thing because this is not, this is uh, US news. This is not like an arbitrary random guy behind the computer or something like that. So <laughs> this is the PA, PA being first number one job for 2021 is not necessarily like something that I just came up with because this, they do this every year and PA just happened to be the one this year. Um, okay, so on, on top of that, in terms of the outlook, I don't know if I was specific about this is the outlook. So we, so far we've talked about, um, job life work balance. We talk about the salary of PAs. We talk about, and now I'm on the outlook. So the outlook, I talk about no, PAs being number one, um, job in the U S for 2021. They... And I'll share the article for that. There's also a lot of schools, new schools opening up because of the need for healthcare professionals. If you listen to my previous podcast, you realize, you remember that I mentioned P, the profession itself was birthed from the need for primary care providers, right? They noticed there was a shortage in primary care providers and boom comes PAs. And so it makes sense that there's still more schools being open because we still have primary care provider shortage to this day. Um, and so that need is still there. New schools are opening because they recognize the need for it. I myself graduated from a new school. I was the first cohort and now they're on the third, fourth cohort, including us. And uh, we have, I, I, the, I interviewed Dr. Cardenas well, almost Dr. Cardina, Professor Cardina's last time. And if you listen to that interview, you know she's uh, spearing a program or part of spearing a program at KGI right now for physician assistant. And there's been a couple other programs that's been opening up that are new because the need is there. Okay, so that's that. Now let's talk about autonomy. You are able to open your own practice. There are some um, guidelines or how to do that in each state and so forth. But you in, I don't want to say all the states, but in a lot of states, you're able to open your own practice as a PA. 
um, just in general as an advanced prat advanced practitioner. Um, I mentioned the um, new laws for Utah and Cali recently, and it's just it, you will want to look at your different states, right? To see, okay, is, what does my state allow me to do as a PA? What does my state not allow me to do? Um, and and another another reason I I am doing this is I learned so much when I was in my clinical rotation that's not medicine necessarily. I learned a lot of medicine, of course, but I still remember the conversation I had with NPs, and I learned a lot about their world and their what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do and their limitations depending on the field they're in. Because I one of my first clinical rotation was uh in the, it was was my psych location had a majority NP actually versus MD. I think three of the folks I worked with were NPs, and you know I got to talk to the with the provider. He was he was very happy to chat about the profession and what's going on, what they can or cannot do, and the new laws and lobbying and all this other thing. A lot of things that a lot of us are not necessarily willing to get dive deep into it, and I won't bore you with that, but um. It does, it says, healthcare is such broad topic, or healthcare profession, it's such a broad place to be, especially in this country, that it's, you can be in your own bubble sometimes, not knowing what the other field or the other profession can or cannot do, or what have you, and and it really, if you are somebody who likes collaborating, and if you are somebody who work with NPs and work with MDs or PTs, respiratory therapists, and so forth. I encourage you to talk with them and and share their knowledge. They're probably not gonna know everything about the profession, <laughs> so much about it. But you know, it adds up, and you can. It's much better to hear it from somebody who's in the field than um, getting online and reading some blogs about it, or at least in addition to that, I'll say. And so I'll end it here, and uh, what I'm going to do is my next next time i'm here i might be talking about pharmacy i might be talking about i might be interviewing somebody else but likely i'll be i'll be on the mic again before my next interview unless the other folks i'm talking i'm uh, working with in term, to get them and you know to get them in your ears or reach out to me before the one i have lined up then I'll, I'll hear y'all will hear back from me again before you get to listen to another guest. Um, that's it for now. I'm going to stop it there. I like to keep this episode shorter because I know my guest episodes are like about an hour, which can be long, but the conversations are so great that even when I'm editing, I oftentimes don't cut much out because, well, they're great people who have great things to share. <laughs> That's why I have them on the show. And I want you to hear from them and uh, learn whatever you may about them or from them and so forth. Um, yeah, I'm going to end this here and say thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing, subscribing on YouTube. If you're, if you're listening to this on YouTube, for following liking commenting sharing if you're getting this on any platform for that matter and uh if you're on youtube hit the bell button i will see you next time this has been an amazing experience again and uh i am your host capo more peace out <laughs>